have kids, they said. It will be fun, they said. Who the heck are they anyway? As moms, we sacrifice a lot for our families, our time, our health, our wallets, our identity, friendships, personal care, and of course, our beloved sleep. Motherhood is a crazy ride, one that is not meant to be braved alone. It takes a village, right? Well, your village is here. I'm your host, Sabrina Greer, and every week I'll be diving into the gray areas of motherhood with some very special guests. This is not the highlight reel, but the real deal. So reheat that cup of coffee, turn up the volume, and get ready for the reminder that you've got this, mama. Hello, welcome to You've Got This Moment of Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I am super excited for today's episode on this special series of the COVID Compassion Project. We are talking about homeschooling today, which is obviously a hot topic. <laughs> There's a lot of you know pivoting happening and going on. And I'm excited because today we have our guest all the way from, where are you from, girl? I am from the Charlotte area, the Carolinas. I'm from the Carolinas. So I live in South Carolina, but right on the border of North Carolina. Amazing. Well, we have Lindsay Laviska. Is that how you say it? So good. So close. I did it. Yes. Laviska. Okay. Laviska. There we go. I'll take Laviska any day, girl. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's got a little little twang to it. Yes, it it does. Yes. So I'm just going to introduce you formally, and then we're going to dive right in to talk about homeschooling and educating our kids and all the options and all the good stuff. Yeah. Okay, so Lindsay Levesca, right? Yeah, it? you got it. Okay, oh. is, is a Christian wife, mom of three, and an educator with a master's degree in teaching. She's been working with children for over 20 years and homeschooling her own for more than 10. In 2013, Lindsay and her husband adopted a newborn boy. The story of this adoption transition into the family radically transformed Lindsay as a mom and an educator. Lindsay is the founder of A Heart for All Students, an organizer mm-hmm. with a I'm sorry, an organization with a mission to empower children who think and process the world differently by equipping the moms who raise them. She longs to change the narrative of parenting and education so that the neurodiverse children can thrive as those they have been created to be. I love that. Thank you. That's amazing. Well, thank you for being here. Yeah. Thanks for being here. And thanks for, you know, just bringing your knowledge to the table. I feel like we're in such a strange place right now, the whole world. I say we, meaning like globally, every single person that I talk to. And, you know, as, as parents, as mothers, we're in a position now where, you know, we've never, ever been here before. And even if you typically homeschool your children, we've never been in this situation where, you know, it's, it's questionable to go outside and, you know, we're not seeing our family and our friends and we're not, you know, interacting with people. So I want to dive into a little bit of that, but first I'm going to get you to share with us how you came to where you are (laughs) to doing what you're doing today, how you started your business and just find out a little bit more about you before we dive in. Well, Selena, thank you so much for having me. I'm super grateful to be here. Um, so yes, my name is Lindsay LaVisca and I, started a heart for all students, um, just over a year ago, but our story really began. Um, uh, my husband and I've been married for 19 years. It'll be 19 years, just a month from now, my word. 
Um, and we have two daughters and it was interesting. I didn't get a chance to tell you this, but my oldest is also 14. So I have a 14 year old daughter and then I have an 11 year old daughter. And about six years ago, we adopted a baby boy. And yes, I was so glad to hear that you're a mama boys because my boy radically rocked my world. I had these two girls and I had raised them from a very traditional, um, whether it's cultural or in the Christian community um, way of more traditional parenting. And my girls pretty much responded beautifully. But my boy, once he hit around 18 months, his behaviors became out of control. Uh, he stopped sleeping for, I mean, even to this day, he struggles to sleep. But for a good more than a year straight, he did not sleep for more than 365 days straight for more than two hours at a time. And in that season, he stopped, he, he couldn't communicate. So while his brain was growing, he couldn't communicate. So he screamed every second of the day. And when I say every second of the day, I mean, every second of the day, there was nothing he couldn't get into. There was nothing. Um, he hit, hit, bit. Um, he basically taught me that I know nothing and that I cannot control another human being. <laughs> and it took me, um, I mean, this journey of the, I mean, it was probably a journey of about four years where we, we were isolated. Um, I felt so judged as a mom. I know every mom out there knows what it feels like to like have your child throw a fit in the middle of the grocery store and you're trying to wrangle your kid and everybody's staring at you and you feel so judged and you're dripping with sweat. I mean, that was my life all the, the time. So anyways, um, I had to get some serious help and I really appreciate you doing this series because it lends itself to this. Um, the mental health piece. And I had to get some serious counseling, navigate some garbage that was going on in my own head. And um, since then, I've just learned so much from so many amazing pediatric specialists. I've learned so much about the brain. I have, my boy is thriving now, but I would say the biggest change was me and my perspective and the way I navigate my children and children in general. And so as an educator, I was noticing, um, I, like you said, I homeschool homeschool for 10 years, but homeschoolers don't stay home. So we're involved in co-ops and I would teach and I would see these kids. Whereas before, if a little boy or if a child was talking or chit-chatting or wiggling around, I would think, oh, he's being disobedient. He needs to get it together. He needs to pay attention. Now I'm like, I look at them so differently. Oh, he needs to move. We're going to do jump squats in the middle of English grammar class because that's going to serve you best. And so all that to say, I transitioned to start helping other kids. I was homeschooling some other kids. Parents were coming after me to teach their children that were struggling. And I realized long-term, I was going to serve more children if I could serve the mamas who are raising them because so many mamas are struggling with those kids that don't fit inside the box. And so my heart is just to come alongside moms and say, hey, you can do this and we can do it together and your child can thrive in this world if we just embrace who they are instead of trying to squeeze them into this box they're supposed to be. So that's oh, a long I love, <laughs> no, but I love that so much. And the, and the reason being, so I see, so obviously, you know, I'm a coach, I work with moms specifically, and you know, there's a lot of people that are new clients of mine with this whole, you know, global situation. And what I'm finding is exactly that they're trying to fit their children into a mold based on curriculum, uh, education models, uh, what they're being told, what other people are doing, whatever that is, rather than building a curriculum around their children. And, yes. you know, I'm often asked, 
why I'm so relaxed for lack of a better word. There's been other words used, but why am I so chill? Why am I so relaxed? And it's not about being relaxed. It's about catering to what I believe, knowing the way my kids learn, knowing the way my kids adapt to things and helping them navigate that on their own and allowing them to sort of, you know, I, I studied early childhood education as well. That's my background. So I was very heavily involved in like, um, the play-based learning and early childhood education. So I think that's important. And it's not about playing. I'm not talking video games and, you know, like playing darts or whatever it is. It's like play-based is allowing them to sort of discover on their own. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What would your advice be, you know, knowing the situation right now, everyone's sort of scrambling and pivoting and looking for apps and programs and all of these things online. And, you know, they have to attend class and be on zoom with their teachers and do this. And there's this distance learning and all these different things that are happening right now. So what would your advice be for a mom who's maybe struggling just starting out with this whole homeschooling and trying to help their kids learn at home? Well, first of all, can I just like, I, everything you said about play-based learning, about recognizing the child you have. I mean, it's very rare that I hear people talk like the way you're talking. And I, I just like hats off to you because you probably knew this way before I did, girl. The play-based learning, if I can just speak to that for like one second, because you, this is, this is the best thing that yeah. you could do as a parent of a younger child. Any, I mean, I would say below even third grade, you play. Play yeah. is first of all, even dart, like the fine motor skills and the eye coordination. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's because, because people don't realize that we are a whole person. And so play offers our children time to develop language, which is a huge problem in reading and reading comprehension. Whether your child can start reading at like, I, I thought I was the best mom in the world because, and teacher, because my, I taught my kids to read at four. Okay. But it doesn't matter what time they start reading by the time they're in third grade, they all even out. And then you really know where they're at. And with reading, what we notice now is the lack of language development that happens first verbally, which happens beautifully in play. That is a key piece that our kids are missing. So if you can't communicate verbally and you know, your kids ultimately might struggle with reading and reading comprehension. That's why a lot of kids struggle. And so I just love that you talked about the play-based learning because by engaging our children in play and having com- practicing conversations, it's not just fun. You're actually wiring the brain to communicate with itself and developing those skills that are crucial for those foundational skills like reading and writing and everything. So to go back to your question, take a deep breath and let's, <laughs> let's embrace this time as the gift that it is. It is a gift. And so I would, my number one thing to any parent is first things first. Focus on your relationship with your child. Enjoy this season. You will never get it back. And it can be the worst season if we make it, or it can be the best season. And so I just appreciate what you just said so much. So I apologize for getting a little off there, but relationship first. Yeah, I love that. And I, you know, I love that you said this is a gift because that's, we didn't talk about that before the show. And that's something that I've been saying all this time this is a gift. This time is a gift. You know, we're Mm -hmm. always so busy. You know, we started saying like busy is a swear word in our house because Mm -hmm. it, it's such a a negative thing. It became the new norm. It was like, Oh, how are you today? Busy. You know, what are you doing next weekend? Busy. It's like always busy, busy, busy. And the kids attached to that 
title, they, they see that they're little sponges, right? They're watching everything. They're taking in everything. So when their parents are constantly running around too busy, you know, what do you think they're going to start saying? And I noticed that, you know, the odd time, and I had to adjust my own behavior because I I noticed my children saying things like, oh yeah, I'm busy right now. (laughs) Where did you, where do you even hear that? And you start to recognize your own language and how you're showing up because they're going to copy it because you are their biggest influence. You are their biggest role model. So it's really about how are you showing up for them? So this is a gift because truly it gives us the space and time. You know, my, my husband's home almost every day now and gets to spend time with the kids, which is something he longed for and wanted so badly. And now it's here. So, you know, I, I think perspective is everything. So how, how are you choosing to view this time? Your kids aren't going to all of a sudden forget everything and lose their, their brain power and, you know, like become potatoes and know nothing. It's not possible. So it's important. I love that you said, you know, build on that relationship first rather than focusing and stressing the stress alone of, oh my gosh, you have to do this and everything has to be done this way. And I'm not suggesting not having a schedule. I think like the kids thrive by schedule. They thrive Mm -hmm. by, by, and it's not even a a strict rigid schedule. It's a knowing and an understanding of what's expected of them. Mm -hmm, They thrive with that, right? They thrive on that, but we can be flexible and we can have fun in the process and we can, you know, do little things that, so like this morning is a perfect example. My son, there's a, a lamp shining through the, like the wind, the window light was shining on a lamp that was made of glass and it was shining on the floor and creating a rainbow. Yeah. So my youngest son was playing with this rainbow on the floor. And I said, okay, why don't we learn about rainbows today? And we learn about what creates rainbows and how we do that. And then we can paint rainbows and we can collect materials from outside and, you know, make it look like a rainbow outside and create a scene with clouds and trees. And that's what they're doing right now is, you know, making art with rainbows because of that tiny little inspiration that hits. So just like finding ways to encourage their learning based on what they want to learn about on their interests. Right. I think that's Amen. Yes. Yes. So good. I'm just like, are you sure you haven't been homeschooling this whole time? Because you probably have, you probably have, and you don't even realize it because parents, I think this, this, unfortunately we've been given this message that learning only happens in a box. It only happens in one way comes out of a book, which I'm all about books. I mean, there's nothing I like better than a good book. Um, But what I was going to say is, there we go. Life is fun. Yes. Um, what I was going to say is using a child's interest is the number one strategy you as a parent, as a teacher, as an educator can use to do exactly what you said, bring down anxiety. You free up the prefrontal cortex, not to get into neuroscience, but you free up the part of the brain that allows a child to take and receive information and process it and then be able to retrieve it later. So when we use interest-based learning, our children thrive and then they know how to learn. It doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. They know how to pick up a book. Hey, I want to learn this. I'm going to go find out how to do it. And I know how I can, I can learn anything. I'm not stupid. That's the thing. The message we want to send is you are so smart and what you're interested in matters. And that's, what's going to make you the person that's going to change the world. And so if we encourage that and just come alongside our kids and give them the tools to, like you said, you probably had conversations today with your children asking great questions 
to prompt their own thoughts, which then prompt more motivation to learn about if you want to do Roy G. Bibb and refraction and light and all that kind of stuff. Later, you can go read a book about it and there's your reading for the day and they're interested. So then you get no tears and resistance because they're so highly motivated. It should be, I mean, we all know how when we want to do something, it changes how hard we're willing to work for it. And so, exactly. girl, you yeah. can do this whole thing by yourself. You don't even know. You are <laughs> on it. I'm just here to reaffirm everything you're saying. So I well, love it. Uh, I mean, that's amazing. It's also, you know, I find even myself as an adult woman, like if, if there's something I don't know how to do or I don't understand, it's frustrating. So if we're forcing things on our children, telling them like, oh, this is what you have to do and it has to be done this way. Yeah. You know, the formal education system, it's not that I disagree with it or, you know, judge it or think anything's wrong with it to each their own. I just find having a rigid one way example of anything in life, not just education, but anything in life, there's no one size fits all model. There's no one way to learn. There's no one type of learning. There's no one. So having a single line curriculum that you follow, that doesn't work for everyone. And I don't, I think to, you know, the formal education system is also quite dated. I mean, it's, you know, we're learning things that perhaps are not relevant any anymore. Right. So it's adapting. (laughs) We're being forced to adapt and in adapting Right now, we can also adapt the the curriculum that we give to our children. So, a hundred percent. What would you, so? I know a lot. I know a lot of my moms and my listeners. You know, they they want the routine. They want the schedule. Sure, you know, yeah. there. I've been seeing yeah. a lot of people posting like, "Here's a schedule that you can do," and here's like, you know, yeah. math and then science and then. So, mm-hmm. what would you give to those moms as sort of a piece of advice, or do you have a resource maybe, or, you know, something for the ones who need a visual for the ones who need that structure, because we're all different too, as moms, right? It's not a one size fits all model for us either. So if we thrive on structure and schedule and knowing then, you know, some other people will as well. So what would you give to those moms? Yeah. And I totally agree with you. And it lends itself to what you mentioned before about our children needing routine. We as adults need routine. Us having to make a decision in this new season, that's stressful and causes us anxiety. When we're anxious, it comes out on everybody else. So I agree with you. And I um, actually, I'll create, I have a, something that I made for this season and I posted it in my private group and I'd be happy to, I'll give you a copy and we can make it so everyone can download it if they want to as a guide always as a guide. Um, But I would say this, this is kind of, this would be my general principle. And then you just run with it and be willing to do things differently, but this will give you some structure. What I would suggest for every mom is just prioritize, okay, the three R's, right? Reading. And I say writing, I don't mean formal writing essays. I do not mean that. I meant like penmanship, if you have a little one, if that's something that you want to focus on and math. Quite frankly, I might even just say reading and math. And the reason I say that is because you could, if you in your brain know that today we're going to get up, we're going to have breakfast, okay? We're going to maybe read a book together or everyone's going to decompress and have some quiet reading on their own or look at books or draw if you have an artist child, listen to audiobook, okay? And then you just know each day we're going to hit some sort of reading and some sort of math. And the reason I say that very loosely is because just like you said before, you can incorporate any type of learning 
into your day naturally, project-based, and you'll probably already hit reading and math. But those are the foundational skills that will serve your child forever. So I say, look for gaps. So I, this is my, my practical, okay? The practical, and like, I know a lot of parents just need to know, and I get it. On the practical level, if your child has been struggling at all in school, do not push them forward. I would pull back and find the educational gap. For math, I would say, if your child doesn't know their facts and you know, kind of right, based on their age, and if you have an older elementary age child, that's not super on top of their facts. It's probably because it's been pushed on them too quickly and they're not, they just didn't get an opportunity to spend some intentional time doing it. Spend some intentional time really working on those facts. And the reason I say that is because those facts, those are foundational. That will serve them the rest of their life. That will serve them all throughout their career. Read books to your kids. I would read, I read books to my 14 year old. We share stories of family. That's, there's nothing better than cozying up with your kids and reading a really cool story as a family. The, um, there's a, yeah. There's a sense of unity. You're exposing your child to language that they may not have accessibility to because the reading level might be too high, but the story may be amazing. Um, there's all different ways to do it. And so I would give yourself a lot of grace, but look for the gaps. You can always find online assessments, kind of see where your child is math-wise maybe. And just go outside, let your kid jump on the trampoline and do flashcards so that they get the foundational skills that will serve them later. So that later, harder math, yeah isn't so laborious and like, ah, I can't do it. Focus on the gap. That's, that's my biggest thing. If you're going to focus anywhere, focus Mm -hmm. on the gap and your relationship. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my thing. Cause I think often, I, I think often the the gap is the relationship, right? Because we, we haven't had a educational relationship with our children previous to this. So, you know, it's like, we feel like, we hand our kids off to their teacher and they go to school and then they come home. So it is a bonding experience. Learning is bonding, right? Yeah. I like think about you and I'm not, I'm not pointing to you, but everyone yeah. listening, sure. think about yourself as an individual. Learning is such a powerful thing. You know, we've all, we've heard since we were kids, knowledge is power. Yes. What a gift to give us and our children to be able to learn with them, to be able yes. to read with them, to be able to do projects and experiences and experiments with them. Right. Yes. So I, I love that. We, we just went for a walk this morning and we saw, because there's snow where I am, which is like <laughs> very oh. odd, but okay. there's snow. So we had, okay. we went outside in the snow. It's, it is kind of odd. It was beautiful and sunny all last week. And then today we woke up to snow. So okay. we got dressed up. And we went out for a walk and there was little prints in the snow, you know, animal prints. There was bird prints, and other animal prints. So yes. we took pictures on my phone because yes. you can incorporate technology. This Absolutely. Isn't like- so we went for a walk this morning and it was, we have snow, which is crazy because it's like April and it's not crazy. typical to have as much snow in April. And it was sunny and beautiful last week. And then we woke up to snow this morning. But instead of being like, Ooh, let's stay inside. We got dressed up in all of our warm clothes and our snow pants that we had already put away in the basement <laughs> and uh, we got them out and we went outside and we found animal prints. There was bird prints in the snow and there was, you know, little squirrels or something else. We counted them and we took pictures of them. And, you know, I have a lot of parents who are like, why would you bring your phone or why would you, you know, and I think that's where a lot of people get hung up is that if, if we're using technology incorporated in our, our educational tools, you know, oh, that's wrong because it's screen time. It's not the same as screen time. You know, I think we're gifted with such amazing technology that we can use it in our favor. It's not the same as plunking them in front of 
you know, a cartoon that isn't educational or, you know, just giving them like a video game or something. When you use your technology as a tool, I think it can be very useful. So we took pictures and we brought them back inside and we looked at them and we counted them and we showed their dad. And, you know, we, we played with that as, you know, a memory, a snapshot. And, you know, talking about technology on a side note, um, there's also a really great app. I don't know if you're probably familiar with it, but it's called Epic Books. Yes. And it's, it has like a built-in e-reader. So for us now, every morning they wake up and they get up a little bit early. So instead of being like, go back to bed or like the arguments and the things and the stuff that like so many parents struggle with, I say, okay, you're allowed on your iPad with Epic Books. So pick three books that you want to read and they know that the one with the green sticker is the one that reads to them. So it actually highlights the word as it's reading along. And, you know, so often they come to me and they're like, mom, mom, look, this, the squirrel did this today. And it acknowledges their hard work. They get Mm -hmm. high fives. um, They get, you know, stars and stickers and things for accomplishing when they hit 20 minutes, they get like a big sticker and a, you know, like a little confetti party or whatever it is, but it's all, it's all virtual. It's all app based, but it's educational. So what would you tell parents who, you know, are maybe struggling with, you know, what the difference between screen time and educational time is and sort of how to combat that guilt? Well, first of all, I love you even more just from everything you said. I mean, uh, seriously, like you've been doing this your whole life. You don't even know you've been a homeschool mom the whole time. Okay. First of all, (laughs) love, love, love. First of all, I'm all about audiobooks. I'm all about, um, I love that you even brought up the point that Epic Books will highlight the word. A lot of parents have been told this lie that says if your child is being read to, or if the words are being read to them, that they're cheating. When in fact, it's just solidifying via another sensory level, right? With the visual piece, the auditory piece of someone reading, they're learning so much better than if they struggled through a book and just felt defeated the whole time. This, you're just preaching my language. I love this so much. I'm all about audiobooks. Um, we have it on our, like one of our things on our checklist, you know, uh, for my girls and every kid is different. Not every kid needs a checklist, but some kids like them and mine do because it gives them a sense of what's coming and what's to know. And one of my things in my home always is draw an audiobook. And so my, even my 14 year old who, you know, we're reading to kill mockingbird together. We, she always has an audiobook on her thing listed because I want my kids to get lost in story. I want them to see reading and story and book as a different form of entertainment. And so going back to the, the audiobooks, I'm all about audiobooks. I love that Epic does that. I did not know that Epic actually would highlight the word. So I wrote that down and I will be using that as a tool in our tool belt. Um, again, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and your bird thing. Oh my word. Okay. We did a bird study. We studied birds. We were in a science co-op. Okay. So years ago. We did a bird study and I was in charge of teaching this unit to like all the kids. And there's an app that we use the whole time. And anytime we go on nature walk, we always have the phone as a tool because it can be used for good, just like you said. And um, there's an app by, I forget, but I could either give it to you later that we use the whole time to identify birds. Girlfriend, I am so passionate about birds. My kids know so many birds. But if I didn't have this at the time, the reality is, is it might've been too laborious and just all the to-dos that need to be done during the day to actually say, hey, 
that is a, a chickadee. And oh, that one's on the ground. That must be a sparrow. And so use all the tools that you can use to motivate your child to learn within reason. I'm all about um, using technology to serve your child well. In fact, I will say one more thing and I will stop. I started, I transitioned this year um, with math to there's a couple, there's a lot of great online math curriculums that we use um, in the homeschool community that I use with my, my girls. And it has been a blessing to our family. Um, having someone else speak to them instead of it just be mom or the same teacher, uh, just different modalities. Equip your kids with as many tools to be successful as possible. So I, I love that. 100%. And I think in the show notes and also in, in here for the video for our watchers, uh, we'll link a bunch of those resources because I think yes. it's been such a powerful tool for us to have like you said, it's, it's not just me going blah, 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 blah all the time, yeah, because there yeah. is something about having somebody else educate that, that helps. And then it takes the pressure off a little bit too, right? Like Absolutely. I see so many moms reeling down this spiral because they feel like they have to be perfect at everything and do it all, all the time. And that is not the case. Mm-hmm. You know, we, it, you know, to, to end on like a note and I'll have you speak to this as well. You know, for me, the most important thing is to give yourself grace. And you yeah. said the word grace and it, it triggered that light bulb again, because I, it just, again, confirms everything that we're talking about. It's yeah. like, give yourself grace. Tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. The, we, we've never been here before. This is yes. a global situation that we've collectively never, ever experienced in our yes. entire lives, yes. you know, as a community, as a society, as a culture, as a, yes. as a world, right? Yes. This has never existed. Yes. So give yourself grace in knowing that, that you're not alone, right? We're all on some level, just figuring it out <laughs> and that's okay. And Absolutely. some days will be bad. And some days, you know, maybe it will be more screen time than wanted and you're not going to feel like teaching or doing all yeah. those things. Give yourself grace. It's okay. Yeah. Kids are resilient. <laughs> They'll get yeah. through it more well, so than we are I, most of the time, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and to your point about even with the um, technology, we're human beings. We only have so much capacity as women, as mothers. We're just human beings, just like our kids. And if we're feeling guilty, because I'm using this tool because you know what? It's okay. If you need a break, it's okay. If you need some time to process the garbage that's going on in your own head, it's okay for you to, wouldn't you rather say here, sweetheart, I'd like you to listen to this audiobook or watch this fantastic series on Netflix about the electoral system, right? Wouldn't you rather do that than try to force and force and force and force and force. And then relationship is broken. And then you feel so bad at the end of the day. Always, always default when you start to get stressed and I'm preaching to myself, when you start to get stressed that everybody's telling you to do everything, go back to relationship first, relationship first. What do I want at the end of the day? When I wake up in the middle of the night, do I want to be just devastated by the messages I sent my kid or myself, right? So just give yourself incredible grace in this season. This is, this is such a gift. So yes. Yep. Yeah. I, I love, love that. Season. Yeah. So if you had one more piece of advice for our mamas, um, you know, something that could potentially shift their mindset around this time or, yeah. you know, a tool that would help them get through and navigate these, you know, kind of turbulent, turbulent waters, what would yeah. that be? I think that 
what I believe is the most important thing for all moms to remember is that ultimately you are the parent. This is your child. The child does not belong to the government. And this isn't a political thing. It doesn't belong to the school system. God, you know, where if you're a person of faith, I'm a person of faith. God, whatever you believe in, chose you to parent your child. And you're the primary teacher at the end of it. Really, you are. You are the most influential person in your child's life. So if the world is telling you, the school system, the world, the stress, the media, that your kid's going to fall behind, and that's putting you into this, or you know that what's being asked of you, because a lot of parents in my own private group and just parents that are coming to me are stressed out because the school says they're supposed to be 75 minutes of this and 75 minutes of that. Insanity. Absolute insanity. <laughs> no wonder they're stressed out. Yeah. No wonder they're stressed out. Just remember, at the end of the day, when you get when your child is an adult, where do you want your child to be? You can make decisions that don't look like everybody else's and serve your unique child well. We say we celebrate diversity in this world. But going back to what you said about like the school system, there's not a one size fits all. We need to celebrate the unique family, each unique child, and you as a person. So trust that you've got, you can think outside the box and you can do what's different. And there are people there that will support you. And so I just want to encourage that mom that needs to maybe make a different choice in the season. It's okay. It's okay. So I want to encourage her. That's all. I love yeah. that. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your knowledge with us and so many great resources that we'll, we'll post in the show notes. And yeah, I'll and give you right a lot of practical yeah, I'll give you a lot like, of practical tools that you can give to them. I think that's great because, you know, we, we say, you know, it's easier said than done. It's easier said than done to give yes. yourself grace. It's easier said than done yes. to just like go and find an activity. And yes. I get it when it, when, you know, there's personalities clashing and there's, you know, temper tantrums and depending yes. on the age of your children, there's always yes. something because there's always going to be conflict always. Yeah. But that's yeah. why, you know, it's really just important to, to let it, let it go and yeah. just surrender to that day. Maybe that's a bad day. Maybe your kid's having a bad yeah. day because they feel the stress too. You know, yeah. we don't, in, in my home, we don't really watch the news. We don't have cable television. Yeah. We yeah. don't listen to the radio. You know, yeah. we, we listen to podcasts, we listen to audiobooks. we watch, yeah. you know, Netflix and movies and that kind of thing, Yeah, but they still, they still know what's going on and they hear yeah. us talking and they, they might not understand it, but there's fear out there and there's yeah. stress out there and there's anxiety out there and they, they feel it all. Like yeah. kids are such powerful beings and they understand more than we often give them credit for. Right. Absolutely. So I, I think, yeah, just, just leaning into the relationship first. I think that's such great advice and just, you know, building on that and realizing that the rest, it will correct itself. Absolutely. You know, it's, yeah. it's okay to take a day off. It's okay to take a break. Yes. It's okay to, you know, adjust and pivot accordingly. And, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're not a bad person if you, you know, go off schedule for an hour or whatever that is. So Absolutely. yeah, I think, Absolutely. I think that's really, really great advice. So thank you so much for being here and sharing all that with me. us. And, you know, I can't wait to share all of the resources with their, with our crew. Um, if they want to find you, what's the best place? Where do you hang out the most? Well, I'm pretty much on every platform except Twitter. 
Um, this is, yeah, <laughs> I'm actually, it's interesting. I didn't even use social media before all of this, but I'm everywhere social media wise, um, but my website's probably the best place to go because then you can just find the links to get to the YouTube yeah. channel or get to Facebook or Instagram. Um, so it's uh, www.aheartforallstudents.com. And I really, um, I have a passion for outside the box teaching and for our kids that have ADHD, autism, or just don't fit in the box. Like my heart is to equip those moms with homeschool coaching. We create individual plans and just even parenting. I have navigated the worst, worst behaviors and there's a different way. So just encourage moms, like come find me and just know that we're all in this together. Every one of us women, every one of us mamas, we're in this together and love our kids fiercely. And so let's support one another instead of judging one another when it doesn't look the way the world wants it to look. I, I felt so much judgment in a hard season. I know we've all done that. And so I just want to encourage them on heartforallstudents.com. Thank you. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for being here. And yeah, I'll make sure, I'm sure you'll be getting a lot of uh, DMs after this episode. Yeah, I would love, yeah. love to talk. I love it. I'm a mama girl. I love my friends. I love that. So amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And thank, thank you, you all for tuning in. Yay.